know what, Jamie? Let's pop off right now. We gotta get started. <laughs> we gotta go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get the people in the chat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hit and Hustle from IrishSportsDaily.com. I am your host, Greg Flamong, and with me, as always, is Jamie Uyama, Mr. Jamie University. It's Tuesday. Let me check the date. Uh, Tuesday, uh, September 5th, and we've got, a, we've got a mailbag show for you today. As always, on Tuesdays, we, we put, quest, uh, put the bat signal out for Irish Sports Daily customers, and they sent us a bunch of good questions, so we're going to get to those today. And uh, anything that comes up in the chat that's topical, and isn't um, isn't totally you know isn't completely off the rails. We'll get into those as well. So um, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. I think leading up to this weekend's game against NC State, we're going to find out some things about the Notre Dame football team, um, some real things, maybe for the first time this year. So that'll be uh, fun to talk about in the lead into. We'll get into that on Thursday as always. So thank you everyone for tuning in. As always, if this is your first time catching the show, uh, please hit the like button, please hit subscribe, and please hit the notification bell so you know that we're going live. Links to our podcast are in the description below if you prefer just the audio format. And before we get going, Jamie, I want to talk about how everyone can boost their style, can uh, look better, and uh, and be and be, um, be 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 good looking, Jamie. You know, good luck with your fit, and that's with ESQ clothing. Uh, if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe, uh, ESQ has created the world's first bamboo dress shirt crafted from high quality bamboo fabric. It's the softest and most comfortable shirt you'll ever put on. It's not only more sustainable than cotton, but it also feels cooler, has stretch, is order and wrinkle resistant, and it's even machine washable. You've seen ESQ's one piece collar bamboo dress shirt, and it's the perfect shirt for today's business meeting or heading for a night out. Use ISD15 and get 15% off of all online items. So go to esqclothing.com, upgrade your shirt game. All right, Jamie, we've got a good number amount of people in the chat already. Um, CFB Hertz wants a vibe check from everyone in Death Valley. Uh, that was, I don't think the vibes are good. We've got we've got a question about that. Um, we've got a question about that. Uh, so we'll, we'll get more into it, but that was something um brian kelly did you see brian kelly post game jamie uh, uh i mean i didn't watch it i saw the tweets and stuff after so i didn't see the whole thing i just saw like the basically it was like a failure by the coaching staff and the players yeah um and pat 40 basically saying he wasn't throwing his players under the bus but i mean he probably wasn't actually but it just um it is funny seeing that from um, a different perspective. Uh, I'd say that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's also funny that like, uh, Pat 40 was very, um, I don't even know what the right word is for it, but he was like questioning Notre Dame fans being bitter. Like you basically Notre Dame fans should get over it. Um, he keeps trying to dunk on Notre Dame. So I think, I totally understand why Notre Dame fans would be angry. I, and, um, you know, it was in uh, – uh, someone someone said in, in, in our – me and Greg are part of a, a Discord, right? It's a private one. Yeah. And only cool kids get to go to this Discord. Um, 
but uh oh man i can't i i can't remember if it was nina who, who said it but some someone said it that in the discord that you can simultaneously be appreciative of the job that brian kelly did to raise up notre dame's program while also being you know a little upset about how he left the way he left and all of those things that went with it right like and I think that's totally fair. And him continuing to bring up Notre Dame and how, like, you know, he gets all this at LSU. I mean, that's that's the story that they're they're uh, you know putting out there right now, right? Every story you read is that now he's got all the resources, right? He everything. It's football first. Everything is there. Well, when that happens, it's like you better win big, right? And uh, you know, you, you better not lose by three touchdowns in the opening game, and that's what exactly what happened. I don't. What 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 do people need to be over? Why does anyone need to be over anything? I, that doesn't make sense to me, right? Like, and and then not just that, but he's like, oh, it doesn't seem like you're as over it as a, who said they were over it. Like that that's such a straw man. Like, who are you talking about? Like, I don't, like, are you thinking of one person? Um. Yeah, like Brendan, you know, you can be happily married with kids and still find amusement when the girl you see uh, once dumped you isn't looking so great on the old Facebook. Like <laughs> that's a good. I, I love that, Brendan. I love that. Where it yeah. is. That's that's how people are sometimes, and that's fair. Like it's totally fair. I I, I just think uh, with me with Brian Kelly, it's it's how everything is like so. Um, it's so uh, obvious or like it's predictable. He's a very predictable person. Yeah. And that's what I think we appreciate. Um, it's just like how everything – like, yeah, like it, it is – is it surprising that the whole offense revolved around revolved around the quarterback, Jaden Daniels, and having to um, either make plays out of the pocket or scramble out of the pocket? Like everything is him. They didn't run the ball. They must have they, – I think they gave the running backs like 11 carries all game. They, they didn't they weren't physical in that way it was just all about them trying to throw the ball over the yard didn't work out they got beat up and then afterwards he's he always says you know it's a failure from the coaches and the players right like it's always and the players and not that whatever you think of that you know what he's gonna say he always it's so yeah. it's it's the predictability of it the they don't like how they're using uh, Harold Perkins, their best defensive player, and 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 again that has a parallel with Jalen Smith. How they, they're they're dropping Harold Perkins in coverage. The, one of the biggest gripes from Notre Dame fans is like, why why don't you use Jalen Smith to rush the passer? It's just it. That's the thing about it for me. It's just like ah, oh, it's so predictable. Um, um I I mean, okay, so if you're gonna put like a parallel of somebody, so uh, Roy Williams very successful at Kansas for many years. Right. And I, I don't remember, like I, I, I'm not obviously not a Kansas basketball fan. Mike Frank is, so I should probably ask him about this, but yeah. Uh, Roy, when Roy Williams left, I don't recall him being like, man, this is like, he obviously he was happy to go home to North Carolina. Like that is where he started coaching. He was, um, you know, Dean Smith was mentor, all this kind of stuff. Right. So there was that part of it. And I think people kind of understood that was like, okay, even he had put in many years being successful at Kansas. And then he went back home to uh, North Carolina 
But I don't recall him ever being like, man, at North Carolina, we got this. We never had it at Kansas, right? And, um, you know, I, I just think that, like, if he wasn't saying that kind of stuff, then I think that, uh, you know, it's – and also because, you know, he's supposed to be the Mr. Politician, the PR savvy guy. When you say it, it's going to come back to bite you, man, if, 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 uh, if, you, if you don't do well. So that's, that's what – it is what it is. Yep, and that's um, you know it, it is what it is. Like you said, uh, Godway, we're going to add to the ad read uh, going in uh, in the beginning, throwing out out there that ESQ football teams are five and zero this season, undefeated. They undefeated ESQ brand. This may, many people are saying the strongest brand in uh, in college football right now, Jamie. So hey, ESQclothing.com, ISD fifteen, get fifteen percent off the best. And uh, in the sport, and uh, that's what many people are saying. So, all right, let's get to the let's get to the mailbag, Jamie. We got we got a good amount of questions to get to, and we're gonna start with fifth quarter Irish. Um, thanks as always for the questions. It seems like Parker is really gradually building up the volume of ways to attack that they have in their arsenal. When defenses adjust, he has new wrinkles and variations to keep them off balance. I feel there is a good amount we haven't seen yet. Do you agree? What do you think, Jamie? I mean, I would definitely agree. They the starting offense really like with Sam Art has only played six quarters, right? So, um, you know, and I don't think they showed all that much, right? Yeah, little things here and there. Um, you know, I like highlighted in the kind of film piece about how, you know, they would uh, out of the same personnel grouping, they ran a bunch of different things out of it, right? They, they had different formations, even with the same formations, they ran different run plays out of it too, to kind of like keep people off balance. Those are just, I mean, those are pretty standard stuff, but it's, it's small little wrinkles that go a long way. Um, and I think like we haven't seen hardly any of it really. Like um, yeah. I imagine that you're going to see a lot more. Um, but here's the thing though, is, Everything looks great when everything's working, right? So what are you going to do when it's not working? When yeah. you really like, it's like um, when, when you can't go down the field in 38 seconds on a two minute drop. So that's what we haven't seen with Parker yet. And that's what you just got. You got to see, right? You got to see at some point because there's going to be a point in, in time where you're like, man, the offense is really struggling. And they need yeah. to find answers and they have to have those things built in. And I think that's going to be the most interesting thing to, to watch with, with Parker going forward. Um, obviously I think you can't really complain about anything they've done so far. It's done an outstanding job. Yeah. And they like, what happens when, like you say, when their script, the game plan isn't work, like the game plan isn't right. What happens then in the first two games, They've scored on every first half possession. They haven't not scored a touchdown in the first half this year. Yeah. So it's like when everything you call is correct and it works, well, that's very easy, right? Like it doesn't, yeah. that doesn't show um, too much. Now, good. It's good game plan, right? And good preparation for the team. That absolutely matters. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I, and I think that he's held some stuff back just from a practical standpoint. You don't need to get off the script. You don't need to yeah. get off the what the game plan um, involved because it's all worked so far. Um, so I think that's a big part of it too. Uh, but yeah, there's there's other stuff 
that Notre Dame has to offer. And, we're, and I'm excited to see what that is. Um, Irish one says, what is your biggest concern at this point for the offense and the biggest for the defense or said with the word of the year, what is on top of your monitoring list? What are you monitoring, Jamie? Um, I think for the defense, um, just that, I mean, they haven't really just played anyone yet, right? Like you play, you played Navy and it's, that's it. That's Navy. And then you throw it out, you throw that game yeah. out and then you play Tennessee state and that's going to be the worst offense that they play all year. Probably mm -hmm. like from a talent perspective, easily, easily. Right. So, um, so that, that essentially was like a warm up game for, for them. Right. And they did good. And I mean, they did good. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with it other than, than some, you know, missed assignments and, and, and uh, tackles on the first drive. Like they did really good. Um, even with the twos and threes. So you just got to see how, you know, when they're tested and, and, you know, what they can do then. Um, and that's just like, so in, in a way it's like, you, you haven't seen anything from the defense and that's like, uh, I guess it's a concern because you're like, well, they just haven't, you know, they ain't played nobody or whatever, right. Yeah. As they would say, but um, also like, I don't think you've seen anything close to what the defense will be. So mm -hmm. um, I'm excited for that at the same time. So it's like a concern and excitement at the same point and offense, I guess. Um, I would say just that they fact that they haven't had uh, any, you mentioned it before, right? Just the connections on the deep balls. Yeah. Right. They just haven't, they haven't done it. They've, he's only thrown uh, seven deep balls uh, period. All right. Right. In the, in the six quarters. Um you know, of 20 plus air yards. Right. So, um, why don't you, you know, just want to see it because there's going to be at some point when you're going to have to do that. And maybe the, 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 the yak isn't going to come as easily. Right. So, yeah. um, and I think in this game is, is an example of that. And it's not all about like winning like 50, 50, but some of that is going to happen. Right. Cause the, there hasn't been a, a lot of contested catches for Notre Dame because guys are running open, right? Guys are running open. Um, you haven't really seen them like connect like back shoulder too much with people or anything like that. So, I mean, some of the stuff that we've kind of saw in like maybe the spring or, or the summer, you kind of saw that. Um, but you haven't seen it because they haven't really ha had to do it. Um, and most of the contested stuff has been like over the middle, right? Like, you know, just a, like a tight window throw over the middle. So what does it look like when they got to, you know, uh, can Jada Thomas kind of consistently win those? Can some of these other guys consistently win those? And that's what you're kind of uh, looking for because it's not always going to look as easy as it has. Yeah. And another thing too is like, I think a lot about the Notre Dame offense sometimes. And I think about it from the standpoint of like, if I was a defender, like, what am I afraid of? You know? And I think it's important for defense to be fearful of an explosive over your head. Um, you, you do want that, that you want them thinking about that. Yeah. And so uh, beyond the practicality of like explosive plays are important. Like you, the defense has to feel threatened. And so you, you want that. It'll be in the game plan too, but it, it'll be in the players heads as well. Like I do yeah. have to be a little bit careful. I can't be as aggressive as maybe I would want to be because they can just throw it over me, you know? And so you want teams to feel that. And that's why I'm 
I mean, I, I understand why Notre Dame maybe hasn't because everything else is so available to you. Like, I do think there is a, there's a, there's utility in just making, like putting it on tape and being like, they can go overhead. Now, maybe Notre Dame said they, they want teams to not feel threatened. Maybe they want to lull them into a false sense of security that they can't do those things, these explosives over the top. And maybe that's by design too. I don't want to. I don't want to throw that away. Like that's not a possibility. Um, but it's just like for me that that's where it is. You, you, you teams need to feel threatened. They need to feel as if there's there's a possibility of something happening because then you then that affects the way that they call a defense, the way that they game plan for you, and that sort of thing. Um, so that's something. I, again, I don't want to say concerned because I don't. There's no reason to be concerned about it yet. But to use the phrase monitoring, like we're, we're going to, uh, there's something to monitor going forward. Um, and the fact that Notre Dame's going to play corners who, who are going to be physical. There's not going to be as much free access. Very good corners this week. This week. There's not going to, like, there's so much free access, free releases, clean releases. Um, that is like what we haven't seen that yet. You know, you're not just going to get to run at defenders. Now, now you're going to have to win at the line of scrimmage. That's something to monitor. Um, and, and I just echo you on the defense. I, I think it's it's very much the same thing. Um, so I, I would yield to your comments on that. Um, next question from Irish One. Is Colorado legit? What do you think of that, Jamie? Um, I think it's TBD because I'm not sure how good TCU is. I think TCU – I think it's fair to say that even though Colorado – you know, hats off to them and winning that game, especially on the road, right? That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. It's on the road. Like, that's – I mean, it's a big – a big win um but um tcu isn't the same tcu that they were last year um and it's not just like coaching staff and like person some personnel wise too but like um so that's part of it but i but i do think that like i think uh shadur sanders is legit like he he's a good quarterback like he's got a ton of talent he's got he's got a ton of talent um I do think that, um, you know, Dylan Edwards is a legit athlete. And I think TCU did a horrible job of preparation. Like they were just like, yeah, this guy's a freshman. Or like, did, did you not know that this guy was like, uh, you know, like a four, three flat guy that you, you had to c- kind of c- cover? Like, um, I don't think he's going to have, I, he's not going to have too many games like that where it's going to be that easy for him. You know, I mean, I'm not saying the guy's not a crazy talent, but he's just like that. Uh, I don't think they did a good job of preparation. Uh, you know, TCU's defense didn't do a good job of preparation for him. And uh, I mean, obviously, Travis Hunter is legit. He is. I, but that it's like not surprising. The guy was the number one recruit in the country. Right. Like he's going to be like if if you could leave after a sophomore year, he'd leave and be a top pick. Right. Like he's the guy's yeah. a stud. So um, I think they, the thing is, is that they always have these high end talent. I think it's good that they played together. I think the bigger question for them is depth over the course of the year. Right. Like what they're going to have, because, um, you know, that, that is going to be something that matters. And also to like, where are they at? Um, you know, when more teams have kind of seen them. Yeah. Right. So more teams have seen them. Uh, but um, I mean, I, I mean, I really like the offense coordinator, you know, Sean Lewis was at Kent state, like did a fantastic job uh, in that game, but also was 
fantastic at Kent State. You know, that was a guy that was on, yeah. you know, obviously Notre Dame's radar, right? And he's he does a great job there. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're at the very least, they're going to be fun. And it'll be interesting because I think everyone saw it. The Pac-12 went undefeated this week. The Pac-12 is pretty deep. Like Break up the Pac-12. Yeah, there's uh they're pretty they're pretty deep. Like there's not too many like gimme games. Yeah. You know, this year because I think even some of the bad teams last year are be- are going to be better. Like Cal's going to be better. Um, you know, Arizona's better. ASU's going to be a bit better, right? Like th- there's kind of those games and then you still got like, you know, you still got Utah. They're still pretty darn good and like, you know, can play without their uh their top quarterback and still beat uh, Florida they still got that defense so uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens I think it's very, I think it's fortunate for them that TCU plays the way that Colorado wants to play yeah and so that That's helped you know it definitely helped um, they didn't have to make all those plays though you know like that is I and and, and I say that not to take it away from them because they didn't have to make all those plays they had several make or break make or break kind of plays and they made all of them again to their credit uh Shadur Sanders fantastic you, you know the his poise uh the the way that he dropped a couple dimes in there they're just like yeah that's big time like that's all that is is big time uh Travis Hunter 120 plus plays from scrimmage that's insane and that the thing is is he's not He's not like a guy, especially on defense, who's just kind of out there. Like he's throwing his body around, you know. Yeah, he's, I know. He's a very physical yeah, player. It's that's insane. just to do it one time is incredible feat. I don't think that's sustainable. Just from a, no, it's, it's he's on pace to have fourteen hundred plays from scrimmage, right? Like that, you can't do that. It's he's not big enough for that. Um, but we'll see. You know, they'll have to manage that. However, they manage that. It'll be interesting when they play teams like like the Utahs. And um, I don't know if they play Oregon State this year, but teams that will be physical with them, like you, you, they're gonna they're gonna be very physical. They're gonna try to beat you up. TCU is not as is not a physical team up front on either side. They lost a bunch of guys from last year on on the line, so um, that was to their advantage for sure when they play the way that they want to play. Um, it's, you know, TCU they they messed up a bunch of opportunities in the red zone, which you can't do in a close game. And they still scored 42 points. So that's, you know, but like you said, they're going to be fun. So that it'll be it'll be interesting to watch there. Um, Stonebreaker says, I think Greg mentioned we have four guys who can catch 40 balls this year and Sam spreading it around to whoever is open. Since we don't have a dominant first round type of kid, my question is, do you think Sam and most quarterbacks like that dynamic? Or would they rather have one or two superior dudes that could almost force feed, you can force feed it to? So like uh, Samarja, Stovall, uh, Tate Floyd. Um, and we'll get to the second part of this uh, in a second. So how, what, would, what would you say, Jamie? Do you, would you prefer – do you think Sam Harmon would prefer a type where it's like let, – let's not use uh, Tate and Floyd because that's like – those are really superstars. Like TJ Jones and Devaris Daniels, let's say. I think he'd prefer to be able to spread it around as opposed to – to those guys, even though they were, they were both good. I mean, TJ Jones yeah. especially was, was mm-hmm. really, really good at senior year. Um, yeah. I, I think that's kind of where most people would lean. Um, but I, I do think though, that if you had the main thing is you want to have those two dominant guys. 
because when you have those two dominant guys, it, it opens up everything. Yeah. It really does. It really does. Like, um, so even not saying to the, to the extent of uh, Tate and Floyd, but Claypool and Comet, uh, they were a problem, both of them, because they had, those were two dudes yeah. that Notre Dame had in 2019. And there's a reason why um, that year, like, uh, Ian Book's numbers were like way better than any other year. Mm-hmm. Right. And it is primarily because of those guys. Right. So, um, so I think if you would always take that, um, and I just don't think Notre Dame has that, um, this year. Um, and I think even really, if you look at, uh, um, wake, they, they always, they spread it around. Like they had a lot of targets, like even though like AT Perry maybe led the team, it was like, there's a lot of guys who put up numbers there. Mm-hmm. So um, I would guess that Hartman would probably lean towards like he wanted many guys as possible. Um, I think Jude makes a good point about yeah. uh, if you're a quarterback, you want the superior dude because he's either open or distracting safeties. Uh, so you want, you want a guy who is – because the thing is, is that like Chase Claypool commanded a lot of attention. He's still going to make plays. You know, that's what you want. Like, you want a guy who can attract attention but is also going to still be a playmaker. Um, the complementary pieces around that player is is where it's like, if, like if this team, you know, and look, they went out and tried to get a, a portal wide receiver. I mean, just imagine if, like, you had this receiving core with Keon Coleman, you know? Yeah, that would – like that would be obviously a better scenario, right? Like that would, the, you would rather have that. Cause it's not like they're not still going to throw the ball to Jaden Thomas. You know, they're not still going to throw the ball to Chris Tyree and they'll still be on the roster. Still have Tobias Merriweather and Jaden Greathouse and Rico Floyd. You'll still have those guys, but there's the one guy where it's like, man, he's just going to win a one-on-one. And sometimes like, especially in the Navy game, like Navy played in a way that if Notre Dame had like a true number one, it, it would have they would have absolutely obliterated that defense. Yeah, completely. you would add like two because they were so yeah. they were so vulnerable to that. And Notre Dame didn't do that because a they didn't have to, and b they just don't have that kind of guy. You know, um, like I don't think Jaden Thomas is ready to be that yet. Right, there are levels to this. Like Jaden Thomas is a number one but he's not a number one, a, you know what I mean? Like, like uh, Michael Floyd or Will Fuller or someone of that ilk, you know? Um, and, and maybe he can get there next year or maybe he can get there at the later half of this year. Right. We don't, I don't want to put the limit on him, but I'm just saying like, it makes such a difference uh, when you can do that. Um, all right. So uh, second question, I'm, I'm heading down to the game. Uh, looking forward to it. How do you think Golden will approach Armstrong or bring pressure or force him to make a quick read or drop zone and keep a spy on him? Um, Armstrong horrible against the blitz. So I do think they're going to blitz a lot. Like he was really, really bad last year. Um, you know, he, uh, he threw seven picks against the blitz last year. Um, you know, 4.8 yards per attempt. Uh, 50% completions. He wasn't good against the blitz in that first game either. Um, so from that perspective, I think like, yeah, they're going to come after him. They're going to come after him for sure. Um, 
but I do think they're probably going to have to play a lot of zone uh, just because he's, he's going to run a lot. Right. And for like people who don't know, like when you play man, your back is turned, right? Like you're running with a route and you don't see the quarterback run. That's like where you can really, especially for a guy who scram- when on, a guy who scrambles, like that can be a big problem. Um, so, and he scrambled 10 times in the, in the Yukon game. So um, I think they're going to play a, a fair amount of zone because the quarterback, right. Just the quarterback run game. So I think that's part of it. I mean, I, I think they will probably work in a spy um, at times. My guess is probably like third down. So you could see a little bit of it. Like, you know, they used it um, really only like once in in this game, right? Where uh, Maris was a spy on yeah. the quarterback and then he got a big hit on uh, on the guy when on Ben Morrison's pass breakup. Um, so I think you could see a little bit of that, but I don't think they're going to overly do it unless it's just like becomes like such – like a huge, huge problem, right? And and that was something like early on against like Drake May, they didn't, and then they yeah. they switched, right? So you could see that happening. I would see. I w- I would say <laughs> you can heat him up with like some pressure. It's almost like a sim pressure, right? Like whoever, like you sim six, send four, but from different angles, and then one of those one of those sim players who doesn't end up rushing just ends up sitting in the middle and spying. Um, I don't love a player who is bad against the blitz. You want, so he's doesn't make good decisions, right? I don't want DBs with their backs turned. If he's going to be making bad decisions, I want them looking at him. I want them to see what he's doing because it's like when your backs turn, he might make a bad decision, but it's like you, you have a DB who can't capitalize it because he's not looking. You're a bad decision maker with the ball and you then are, and he's also a scrambler. That's another thing like team spy. That doesn't mean they they hold them out every time, you know? And that's yeah. like, it's, it's probably his best quality is being able to just tuck it and scramble around and scramble for yards. And I, I just don't love relying on the spy. I think it's a good idea, but I don't love, I love um, relying on that. I don't like defenders with their backs turned against a quarterback like this. And also you don't need to because they don't throw deep. You know, they're not, they're not a deep ball team. They definitely didn't in the first game. Yeah. So I, I, I think, I think you send pressure. I think you send sim pressures. I think you spy them. And I think you play a good amount of zone where you get people watching them and they can capitalize on the mistakes that he makes. Silverback says, do you feel our linebacker play this year is significantly better than last year? I mean, I think it goes back to that original question. Like, get back to us when they play real defense against a real team for yeah. longer, right? Like, I'm not to say that the, I think the linebackers have looked good to start the year. They've looked good. I've definitely liked what I saw for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Maris is playing well. I think Kaiser uh, has looked pretty good. Um, you know, I think that Bert, Bertrand was 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 pretty good in this game. Uh, you know, he missed those tackles in the, in, in, in the first, in the Navy game. Um, and I think that uh, they've looked good and like the pressure stuff, they're like really good. Right. And then Steed has looked especially good in the sub package stuff. I mean, he's still got a long way to go with linebackers. And then the other thing is like, you know, we've heard a lot about like Drake Bowen. It was like a guy that was going to get some PT 
And then obviously he got hurt. So he missed this game. So it's like, well, what's Bowen going to do? Is he going to be a guy who actually plays? Right. Yeah. Like, and uh, we'll see in this game. And then I, I'm sure he'll get a ton of time in that central Michigan game, but we'll see if he gets any time in this game and, and where they are too. Right. So, um, so I think it's, it's TBD, like, can't judge it. It's too early. Too early to judge. Yeah, too early to judge. I agree with I agree with your comments on on basically all of that. Um, you know, they haven't looked amazing, uh, but then they haven't really been given the chance, right? Like, and it just they haven't played a team that will show their quality one way or the other. Yeah, um, and that's unfortunate. But we'll we'll see it this weekend. Um, they have looked good um, during different things, and. Um, if you've got something that you want to look good and you want we your, go. Your, your website to look good or your, your, your social media to look good, then what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to hit up VSR media and their, uh, their founder who's award-winning anchor, uh, Emmy award-winning anchor and Notre Dame, uh, alum. And he's, uh, he's a Notre Dame football pregame host, Vahid Sadrazadeh. V- uh, VSR media provides professional and cinematic video and photo whether you're looking for a collegiate or pro-level highlight reel, you have a personal story to tell or are aiming to diversify and grow your business, VSR Media specializes in short and long-form video storytelling, social media management, and website design. VSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior, and sports photos. Contact them at vsrmediacompany.com. Mention Irish Sports Daily to receive 20% off your first project. You can visit them online or give them a call at 574-800-9106. You can look as good as an Dame linebacker, Jamie, on the blitz in uh, in attacking the quarterback. Pretty darn uh, good. That's right. That's right. Smooth as silk. Ray John says, "Hey, man, we're t- I'm, I'm rounding into form. Yeah, <laughs> rounding into form. Um, all right, here we go. C H S F B seven five. Why does NBC pay Notre Dame so much money to cover them indifferently? Also, am I the only one who noticed that Matt Castle looked uncomfortable? talking about Dion Colorado with the rest of the panel in the pregame for the PSU game. I will admit I didn't catch Matt Castle on, on anything. Um, I think he might just be uncomfortable because he is new to the job. That probably yeah. has something to do with it. As far as NBC, um, it, I, they, they are, they will pay for the coverage and then they will not, uh, they will not treat the coverage with with you think the investment that they put in. Um, if you follow, like I said, I've, on other pods, like if you follow their golf coverage, they that's not the greatest product either. Um, but now that they have, you know, they, they they're a bigger college football. Now they've got the Big Ten and all that. Now they treat it like like ESPN does with tiered broadcasts, right? So they're not going to send the A team to Notre Dame, Tennessee State, you know. Um, it's unfortunate it just, because well, that's fair though. I think it, it, it is fair. Yeah. No, it, it, yeah. to, it totally is. It, it makes sense when you understand the tiers. It's unfortunate that in other years, you know, the Tennessee state band, which I think a lot of people were kind of excited about, like that would have been a feature yeah, that would have got a halftime coverage thing, yeah. that didn't get any. Uh, so no one got to see it, which is a bummer. Um, but you know, it was good for the fans and you know what? Credit to the Notre Dame fans in the opener. I honestly, I expected it to be worse than the Toledo game from 2021. And I was very heartened to see that it was a packed house. So good job by the fans on that. Um, did you have, uh, did you have any comments on, on this question, Jamie? 
Um, I don't know. Like, I, I think that, uh, I think if you look at other years, um, you know, the fact that, that Mike Tirico called Notre Dame games for a number of years, like that's a, they, they cared about Notre Dame football. I, I think they're trying to make Jack Collinsworth the Notre Dame football guy. And he's a Notre Dame alum, right? They're trying to make that happen. It's just unfortunate that Jason Garrett is um, his partner who, you know, not many people are a fan of. Um, and um, I mean, Joe Long says Tariko Hayden and D. You would never get it from the games. Certainly was more perfect, more than professional than every single game, uh, you know, he covered for Notre Dame or whenever he talked about it in interviews on like the Dan Patrick show or whatever. I think he was fantastic at the job. So I, I really liked him at the job and he's really, he's really, really good. Uh, he's one of the best play-by-play guys out there, right? That's why the guy's on Sunday night football, right? So um, yeah. And I think like they did a good job, like even, even putting like Tony Dungy on it people would say like, Tony Dungy is not like the greatest guy, but it was like, well, he's mean something to NBC sports. So yeah. They put him on it. So I think just last year with the kind of what they did with the, stupid like hey let's get the alum of this team talking about it and then we'll get a random Notre Dame alum it was just like they just really didn't want to put any resources into it and that was um uncomfortable that that was uncomfortable um and and just not good uh and I think that um I just kind of think that you know what will happen it's always going to be like look the, the Ohio State-Notre Dame game, that is going to be a big, a big yeah. deal. Yeah. That is going to be a big, big deal. That's going to be um, Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge. Yeah. And that will be interesting to see how they handle that. And if it's like a Big Ten love fest or if it's like a pretty just like this is a big game. So I want to see yeah. that. Yeah. Um, my, my bigger problem with NBC, aside from, you know, the who's calling the game is their production choices and they're just the way that they present the product. And that's probably favorite, like Notre Dame probably likes that, but just there, there are little things like the commercial load. Like I've never, it's always been ridiculous. Um, you know, I think, I think that they, the, the, their, their audio levels make it seem like the stadium is just very quiet, like quieter, you know, like you go to a game and it's like the place is bumping and then you watch it on TV and it's like, how many times have you heard like, like after a big game, like, was it loud? It didn't seem that loud on TV. And they'll ask people like who went, like, was it loud? And those people were like, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Like it was great. And so I, I just think there's the way that they present that. I don't know why that is, but it's just, it doesn't really carry through on TV. And that's the, their production is kind of been my bigger problem with it. Um, but it is what it is. Um, Andy Matt 01, what can Notre Dame do to get better results when blitzing from depth up the middle? Is there a schematic improvement that can be made or is there something the players can do to time it better? Is this the product of the line not occupying blockers? Maris gets around the edge just fine, but both Maris and JD have a little success up the middle. Is this based on last year? Because they've done pretty good this year. They definitely did. Um, the, I the mean, blitz you haven't seen you, a lot, but yeah. The, the blitz you put on Twitter when they sent um, they sent the both backers and then uh, and Thomas Harper, Thomas yeah. Harper on, a, on a blitz. That was 
That was. Beautiful. I don't know. If, I don't know how well they timed it, or if they, if they wanted them to come from as far, like from a better against a better team. You, you I might want them like a couple steps closer. Instead, like they disguised it very well. I will. I yeah. give them that. They disguised it very well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I feel like they're I feel like they're blitzing better this year. Uh, but like you said, small sample. Like it's really hard. like you can't see it against Navy. And yeah. we saw some of it against uh, Tennessee State, but even then, like they didn't send that much. Um, but it just the very, the very small sample we we have is I think is good. Yeah, and I think last year they're just way more varied, and I think that's part of it too. Like even though one of the big things was like, ah, they took stuff off the menu, right? In terms of like what they're doing, and um, blitz wise, seems they added, and which was good because I like. They ran that cross dog like there's a reason why it was like really good against Ohio State and then not as good nearly enough the rest of the years because like every team had seen it. They had done it enough. It's not like they just did it for it wasn't like game plan specific and it just became like, I mean, teams were just ready for it. And when when the protection is ready for a blitz, like that's – that's when like they pick it up, right? That's when they pick it up and that's when they have success. So um, I think that depends on a lot of it. And like, there was like a play too in um, the bowl game where JD Bertrand did like a phenomenal job of like selling like the, Hey, I'm like running around looking confused and then just sprinting from depth and getting pressure and getting a big hit on Spencer Rattler. So I think it's like part of it is, are you repping it? Are you yeah. working on it? Like that matters. And I don't know this for a fact, but my, my guess is that like when you do it with NFL teams, you walk through it once or twice and it's like, got it. You know what I mean? It's not like that. I mean, it's definitely like college or high school kids. You might have to walk through it 20 times, right? Yeah. High school or college kids, you're going to have to, work on it more you're gonna have to rep it more right um that's just part of it and i think that was that's also too like why you saw like what they were doing in the spring where they were like man they're bringing a lot of blitzes in the spring like we were there the open practice was like well it's because that's the kind of stuff they're gonna run in the season and they were you know did a lot of stuff in camp too and it's like well they're gonna run that in the season and I saw them just more at practice, even in like the five minute periods of them working like games, like like pressure package stuff yeah. together with the, the O-line and D-line. They were doing that way, way more. Um, it just, I mean, we're not even, and we were there quite a bit, but like, we're not there for the whole practice. We're just there for a lot of times the first five periods, but you'd see like right on like the fifth period, they'd be like working on it. And um, I mean, it just it looked good when they ran they ran at full speed in camp and I think it looked good in that game and then we'll see how it looks in this game because um, I think it's just a huge difference even just like looking at like Jalen Snead off the ball on that one like he didn't look good off the ball in that South Carolina game you were like he just was like super late reacting off the ball even in this game he was like a half yard off like move up man like he just was so explosive that it didn't even matter that he yeah. got like less than half a step, but like, um, yeah, I think, I think they've worked on it. And I think, 
I think it's going to pay off this year. I and this is he's not a linebacker, but I think from a blitz point, I think Thomas Harper is going to be a major factor there. From a physical, just a physicality standpoint, he is a major upgrade over Tariq Bracey. Just in the fact that like Tariq was not as big, he was slighter. Yeah. Like Thomas Harper comes with some venom, and he, yeah. I, I really enjoy watching him play in his brand of, of football. Uh, it remains to be seen how he is in coverage. Uh, we'll we'll be finding that out in the coming weeks. Um, that's obviously a major part of playing nickel. But he, when he blitzes, man, he he comes yeah. and he and, and runs support and everything. That that's going to be. Uh, very fun to watch, I think, uh, as the season goes forward. So um, let's stay tuned on, on the blitzing stuff. Uh, Irish KG07, any insight on if players are discouraged from watching future opponents? Think any of the boys got together to watch the Duke Clemson game? I mean, I've never heard anyone discourage. Uh, you No, no coach I, would ever say, don't no, watch the game. Don't watch this game. Yeah. Um, and I think that, especially for the veteran guys, they know that when, when you're watching a game on the TV copy in the moment, it's a lot different than watching film. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure some guys watch the game. I'm not sure how many because, I mean, they're preparing for NC State. Like, they, yeah. they might have been just busy, like, you know, watching the NC State film, right? Like, um they're not taking it uh they're not looking ahead to Clemson or Duke right like they're they're you know they're watching uh MC State yeah I mean I imagine some did and some didn't you know but they wouldn't be discouraged it's just yeah. the players wouldn't um the players wouldn't uh like when I watch Notre Dame live it it's I'm I'm watching the game mostly um if I'm really working then I will be kind of watching it with like an analytical eye. And it's something like I've been watching, like I've been watching football long enough to where it's like, I can pick up things just naturally. It's I've been watching too long, but generally speaking, it's when I watch back with the sound off when I'm really learning things. Um, And I think it's probably the same way for the players as well. Um, Keenan Knight says, when you guys watch, um, watch live or watch games. What do you look for as a casual fan? I just follow the ball passes, runs tackles, but I am impressed how you can see strengths, weaknesses on individual players when there's so much going on each play. Love your shows. So Jamie, when you're, what is your process when you rewatch a game? What, how do you take it in? Um, I mean, I'm generally watching the lines, mm-hmm. uh, you know, focusing on the line play as much as possible. Mostly because, especially if you only get TV copy, you you don't get the full view of the secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's rare that you get that, so um, I'm always watching that, and I, I'm I'm you know concentrating on that. I'm looking at just like, um, you know, just our guys' assignment sound right. Are they doing what you know the play looks like? We don't know the calls for sure, right? But right. If, if if I see something and I'm like. Did that guy execute what he was supposed to do, given what I, I believe the call was, right? Like, I'm looking for that. Um, and I'm looking for just, like, things to stand out, right? Like, who jumps out? Because sometimes, too, um, you just want to see, too, like, uh, even if you're not – you don't want to concentrate on being like, well, I'm going to watch Joe Walt every play, right? Like, 
Uh, I mean, if I'm just studying Joel, then fine. But if I'm just looking for things, I want things that pop, right? And and it's going to be different things every time, right? So um, I think that, you know, that's that's something that, that um, I always try to do. And I just, you know, um, and I'm, I'm always usually typically too, based on kind of what, um, what Notre Dame was successful at in the game, what they weren't successful in the game in terms of uh, like analytics and stuff too. I look at that and I look at the why. Yeah. Right. That's what I usually look at. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Blyberg says, uh, get Mike to purchase the all 22 for you, Jamie. Let me tell you something. If you could purchase all 22, I would buy it for Jamie. Like I, I would pay a lot of money for all 22 tape of Notre Dame. It's very hard to come by. Very hard to come by. Um, as for me, like, so part of, again, why, um, like watching a game, right. I'm always looking for what's supposed to be happening. So when, when you, when you watch games as soon, and I wonder if this is for you as well, Jamie, based on usually like I've watched enough Notre Dame to know, like, I know what they're trying to do on basically every play. Cause I've seen all their plays. I don't know which one they're always going to do like ahead of time. But once the play starts, I think, okay, I know what they're doing. And so because I've played football and you you have to learn like kind of everything about what everyone is doing on every single play, I can always kind of see the chess pieces move but kind of before they happen. Like, so once a play starts, it's like, okay, he's going to go here. He's going to go here. He's going to go here. And the hole is going to be here and the defender has to come here. And that's where it has to come from. So you, I, you can like the, the play almost fast forwards in my mind and I can, and I just look instinctively. It's like, this guy has to be making the play. Is he in position? You know, like, so that's when I kind of say like, Oh, like people always say, like when I do my, my, um, my breakdowns and so, Oh, I didn't notice that. But for me, it's like, I notice kind of everything. Cause I know how all the chess pieces are generally supposed to work. Right. Like you can always kind of tell, and this is probably true for you too. Like you can always kind of tell who messed up because of what everyone else is doing. And so if everyone else is doing this and this person does this, well, that doesn't fit with everything else. Right. So it's like that person has to be wrong kind of thing. Um, so that's how I watch games. Like I'm always looking for what are, what is the person's job as, as compared to everyone else's job on the play, who is most wrong? Right. And so that's where, and then like sometimes, like, so for this, like when we talk about the organization of the offense specifically, sometimes you watch a play and it's like, no one is wrong. Like they're all doing it right. Like there was a play where uh, I, I put on Twitter, like the backups in a play that they were making. And it just, it was a third and six and it, they, they, the quarterback rolled out and he threw incomplete. And I watched that play and I'm like, everyone is pretty much doing the right thing. They're all doing well. And so that is like a, just a good team rep. And that's why I wanted to highlight it on Twitter because it's like that sort of thing. Like when you have a team of backups in there, usually there's someone who is not doing a good job. And for the most part, like, I, and, you know, and maybe Aiden Kaunaina didn't have the greatest rep on, on that particular play, but it's like, it's not terrible. So it just is what it is. But general, like for everyone else, everyone's having a good rep there. So that's kind of what I'm watching for is what is someone doing in relation to all the other players and are they doing it right? And, you know, go from there. So any, any comments, Jamie, 
on that. The only thing I'll say is that if you see somebody who's giving out grades for uh, stuff, and first of all, it's impossible to really give true grades without the call. Like you can give, like PFF can track stats, which are good. Like you can track stats. Like a guy, you know, won on a pass rush rep. Yeah, that's a, pa a pass rush win. You got a pressure. Yeah, you could track that. You could track a guy won and contested catch. You could track a lot of that stuff. You could track that it was man coverage, whatever, right? Like you can track if you know what you're looking for, right? Like you can, you yeah. can track a lot of, of, of that kind of stuff. But when people are like, yeah, you know what? I gave the 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 O line a B plus, and then I gave the DBs this. I'm like, buddy, you did not watch every single rep of every single guy. It's like, cause cause really anyone who's coaching had to actually grade people knows it takes a long time. Yeah. It takes a long time, and if you're gonna do it for literally like every player that was out there, it would take a very long time like yeah just it takes a long time to just do it for a position group so if you're doing it for every player out there anyone who says they're doing that they're full of it so and here's here's another reason why that's no good right so on twitter i put out the thing with sam hartman in the rpo which you kind of disagreed with but part of why i, I put I, it out there i definitely disagree I <laughs> part of it part of it is why part of it is because it's just kind of a bit um and so it's just like throw the RPO. I still I don't think that safety's ever getting there. He's he's not. He, first of all, he 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 came up too soon. He's thundering the run. If he, he if he holds it in no. his belly, no no no. Who are you talking about? Which safety? The middle safety. He's no, there. He's sitting. No, he's never he's never getting yes. there. Never. Well, it's not that you're wrong. Not, the thing is, is like you can't. He can't. Him not stepping forward. That is the read. That is the read. He just doesn't see that guy. He sees him sitting. It, the chances of him getting there, slim. Yes. but He's looking at the backer. He has to read that safety. He's going to throw that vertical to, to Rico. He better be reading that safety. He's not reading the backer for the I'm vertical. Saying, to, to Rico. You said you should, you, you should throw the vertical there too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, also, you know what? Joe Long, JB is usually wrong. Get out of here, man! You've been no, you've Jamie. Been Jamie is Jamie is usually right. Jamie, Jamie is usually right. This is what I, 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 I can't break down on every single announcer who's ever called the game for college football in this chat here. <laughs> I like, can't, get out of here, Joe. I can't. Um, I can't bring it up because we would get dinged and they would like copyright would take it. Uh, actually, yeah, no, but here, now that he said that, now here, here's the point. There. Here's the point. Um, is like, let's just say. He wants to, I don't, maybe, maybe he's not like, um, maybe he's not like, maybe he's saving it. Maybe he's like, you know what? I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to throw it. Even if it is open because it's the first drive of the game. Right. So maybe he's saying, I just want to see how they react to this. We'll get to it later. I, 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 so maybe it's like, maybe it is a wrong read. Let's, let's just assume it is, but maybe he's saying it's fine. It's like, it's like a, it's like a, a batter taking a curveball. Or, or a fastball right down the middle. It's like, I just want to see it. I'll swing it later, right? And so maybe he's saying, and then that's why it's hard to grade because a player can make a decision for his own self in a game that is like, I'm doing this on purpose. And, and I don't care how it looks because he doesn't have to explain to me later why he did it. He has to explain to the coaches why he did it, why they do anything. 
they explain to the coaches, they don't have to explain to me, right? So that's why grading is very difficult because the decisions that they make in the moment aren't explainable to us. And so that is why it's like, sometimes it's com it's completely obvious. And a physical error hey, is it, not- Okay, sorry, I got to stop you. Ban Joe Long here, because he's like hijacking the chat. Oh. And uh, I'd like, oh, get that's out of not here. Nice. No, yeah, we're not get out of here, Joe. Oh, we're like, not taking abuse. Yeah, get out of here. We're not we're not taking abuse. That's not nice. I don't like that. Don't, don't that that's just abuse. We don't do that. Okay. Anyway, so that so that's that's where it is. Like we they are not accountable to us. They are accountable to the coaches. So that's why it's hard to grade. And and so like that's why the grading on like uh you know, PFF is just very tongue in cheek. Very tongue in cheek. Um so yeah. Next question. Uh, fight, fighting Hanley's. The officiating on Sunday left much to be desired. It seems like this is increasingly the case, but it, that is that perception or reality. I know officiating in the NFL is graded. It's historical grading of conference officiating available. And if so, what does it show? What would you propose to improve the situation for Notre Dame and all of college football? I mean, I'm, I'm, it's definitely not publicly available. You can't find any kind no. of officiating grades anywhere. No. Um, I mean, I know they do grade. Um, like, they, they grade officiating, like, and they've had people who've, like, crews that have called made mistakes. They, like, sometimes get, like, they're done, right? Like, that has happened. Who've made egregious mistakes before. So... I think that, uh, like, I don't, I don't know about like, like, it does seem bad across the board, like, but that's you pick any sport, like people are like oh, NBA refs terrible, right? College basketball refs terrible. Like, you can pick any sport, and and you could say. The refs are generally, they're hated, right? Because it's if because there's a lot that goes into it in terms of like um, emotions that go into like rooting for your team and things that go wrong. Um, I will say that like, especially for the Power Five conferences, you're making so much money from these TV deals and all these other things through football pay these guys better so they can be better, you know? Cause like people shouldn't always like have to be like, oh, the AC rests, C rests are trash. You know, the, the, the PAC 12 rests are trash. Like you know, everyone, like every conference thinks their refs are terrible. Every yeah. single one. Yeah. They all, they all think they're bad and there's obviously, and it's true. There always, there's different levels of different things. Just like, there's coaches who are better. There's players who are better. All that kind of stuff. There's different levels of like what guys are good and what guys, what guys are the best and what what guys aren't, right? Um, and generally, like, you know, these guys are trying to do their best in the moment, so it's like hard to like it's it's hard to get on them. But like when there's stuff like the 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 targeting calls in this game, like why isn't there why isn't there like a standard? like an actual standard for that. Like, and I don't know why. And I don't know, like, um, it, it feels like reality that it's bad. 
but I don't like, I can't say if it's like all perception because the other thing is like, I bet like 98% of the calls are right or whatever, you know, like, or whatever the number is, it's a high number that are right. But the ones that are wrong really stand out, especially when it's like a tight game, because yeah. it can mean like money won and lost in terms of like people betting on the game it can mean your team losing a game that like, you know, whatever, like in, in a game of inches, a bad call can like just absolutely like change a game. It can. Right. So yeah. um, it's one of those things. It's like, I don't even know. I don't know even know what the right response for it is. Right. So I think the biggest thing that is, is kind of like a theme in everything is it's the selective officiating. It, Cause it's like you said, the calls are the call. Some usually the calls are right. Right. Calls are right. But the non calls, like the decision not to call something, you can always go back and be like, well, this was ticky tack. So I let it go. And then you call it very close on, on another one. Like I didn't call pass interference here because it's hand fighting and, and they're both competing for the ball. Right. Okay. Yeah. You don't throw the flag. The next one on the other team, it's like, I did throw the flag because he doesn't really, he, he has his Jersey here and he's touching his Jersey here. It doesn't really have his head turned. So I threw the flag. Right. It could be the same play. But it's like you decided to call it here. You didn't decide to call it there. And so fans of whoever the offending team is, well, they're going to say, well, you didn't just – you just didn't call it a second ago, you know? Yeah. And like the – the it's there's an accountability aspect to this as well because like you said, you can't get reports. And it, it's like – I'll just uh, – it's a very famous play. So that the FSU play in 2014. Yeah. They couldn't agree – on who yeah. the penalty was on in the in the post game, they said it was on Fuller, and then they said it was on Procise, and then they said it was on. They didn't know who he called the flag on. Yeah, and then the, then the replay showed like, well, I think he said that it was on Fuller, but it's more likely this guy because he's closer to a penalty than he is, and that's why they did it that way. They don't know who they're calling it on, so like that's the problem that that fans have. Is like it's just so it's not uniform, it's selective. You feel like, man, how does USC go through a whole game with Caleb Williams doing all that stuff and they didn't they didn't hold one time? They there was no holding the whole game. How is that even possible? Right. And so that's the part where fans just kind of like you throw your hands up. What can they do? The the replay. We don't know what's going on in the replay booth. We don't know why they come to decisions. Like there is no clarity. Like people are telling, like I'm pretty sure that the replay uh, looked at the Devin Ford hit. But we don't know I, that. Yeah. We don't know what the conversation was. We don't know why they decided. We don't know why they decided. And then you have an expert, an expert watching on television saying Antonio Carter should not be ejected for this. He's trying to do this. He's not, tr he's trying to wrap up. He's trying to put his head to the side. He hits the shoulder first. He should not be ejected. Yeah. And what happens? He gets ejected. So now you're a fan and you're saying, okay, this expert is saying you can't eject him for this. And then the person in the booth ejects him. 
what what is a fan supposed to think at that point? Like yeah. it's supposed to be you're supposed like there's no flag on the field for targeting. So it's supposed to be indisputable evidence. And how can it be indisputable when an expert is saying it shouldn't be targeting? Yeah. I, that's I, the problem. That is the that's 100% the problem. <laughs> and I also think too like it's to get the the ref who to go it's like got to run over and look at the the you know the monitor and see yeah. what it is. It's like should that guy be doing it because there's all these other factors. That's why to like um it should almost be like and people could just point the blame to like the ACC whatever like it's it's the ACC like video booth that looked at it, you know, in Charlotte or whatever their headquarters is, right? Like just they looked at it and they decided that it was rather than um you know, the guy on the field who's influenced by all the things that are going on, like the score of the game, the the reaction of the fan. There's all these other factors that are going into it. Like um like I definitely this is it just a refing in general kind of uh, uh, thing that I noticed. I like, I watched the uh, Canada basketball play Spain in, yeah. in the FIBA world cup. And in the third quarter of the, in the second half of the game, Spain started getting called for all of these fouls. Like, mm-hmm. and they were doing the exact same thing early on in the game, but it was, it definitely felt like, Canada is down and they're like, yeah, okay, we're going to call these now. You know, like it, that's how it felt to me. And not that I mean, and, and I'm saying this as like, I was rooting, obviously rooting for Canada. Right. Um, but it did felt like that was happening during the game. So um, I don't know. It's just, it's almost like, and, and I know whatever, no one wants like AI and robots to replace humans and all these kind of stuff, but I kind of think for refing, maybe it would be better. Yeah. So, and I don't want to like, I don't want to go too long on this, but like, I'm very passionate about some of this stuff. Like, okay. The the other problem is they put too much on the plate of officials to make a call when they truly don't know what happened. A a good example is the Jack Kaiser uh, recovering the fumble against Navy. They don't know what happened. They don't know if he recovered it. They don't know if he's in bounds or out of bounds. The decision to rule it like, no, he was out of bounds. That makes it so like there's no way it's getting overturned because you just they're, they're never going to find a hundred percent confidence that it either was or wasn't inbounds. The same thing with the other the other one. And how many times have we seen it where it's like, you know, they ruled on the field that it was a fumble. But if they had ruled that he was down, they wouldn't overturn it. You know, like so much is put on these guys, their initial call in the field when they just don't know what happened. They just don't know. And that is it's too it's too much, you know. And so and and then there's the there's the non-uniformity in the booth. We don't know what they're thinking. We don't know how they're discussing it. Um, That's a big problem. Uh, I want to get back to a comment that someone made. Oh, Joe in Texas said, Greg, you need to move your Sunday morning show back to 1 p.m. 
which would be 10 a.m. my time. I love listening to you, but 8 a.m. is too early after a full day of watching football and drinking. Uh, fair? That was a fair comment. Fair? Here's the thing, Joe. Uh, <laughs> this is not my full-time job. And, and not that that matters. It, it, so on the weekend, I'm, I'm not working. But, but I do, so I watch Notre Dame all day, and then I do the post game all day. And so I have children, I have three kids, and I can't justify to my wife often. Like sometimes it works that I could do it at 10, but other times it doesn't. And so to me, it's better just to like people know 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific, Greg's going to be on. I'd rather have a set time. Like I'm never busy at 6.30 in the morning. And so that's why I do it that way. It just is practical. I can't so many times we're off doing something and I, I, you know, I gotta be, I gotta be there for the children, Jamie, you understand this, you understand this. So that's, um, that's what it is, but thank you. Uh, thank you, Joe, for your, uh, for your comments. And it, it, um, no, it's not that it doesn't pay me enough. It's just that like, that's not it at all. It's just that this is not my full-time job. And so, uh, you know, I, the kids take priority. All right. Next question. Uh, Joe Iris 44 says, or Josh Iris 24, 44 says, thoughts on Clemson getting hosed by uh, Duke? I mean, I, I first of all, I knew Duke was better than uh, a lot of people give him credit for. And we were kind of yeah. saying, because there's a lot of people who were like, man, Duke, like, because we we're saying that stretch from Ohio State for Notre Dame, from Ohio State, Duke, Louisville, and USC, like, that's a tough stretch. And yeah. People, like, like no one in the SEC would be scared of playing Duke and Louisville. I'm like, Duke's pretty good. Like, and guess what? They're pretty good. And their crowd was really good in that game. I'm sure they don't get a lot of chances to be that. Yeah. Good. And like, and so when they go there on September 3rd, that's probably going to be a night game. You know, it's definitely going to be a game where um, I hope it's not, but I, 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 I it's, it's definitely going to be a game where like, it's going to mean a lot. For Duke right so um I think one thing you could say is Clemson's got a lot of problems like I don't know what they got a receiver um the guys they were like hyping up in camp to be good players at receiver did nothing like barely played in the game really um Klubnik did not look good he did not look good um, he looked in the first half, he looked terrible. He looked horrible. He was better in the second half, but he, he was better bad. in the second half. Absolutely. He looked bad. Um, I And I also thought they ran the ball. In the second half, their offense looked pretty good, I thought. I, they, they were moving they, it. They, they just kept fumbling every time they yeah. got to the red zone. Yeah. So, like, and when they were, like, spreading teams, spreading Duke out and running it with Shipley, they looked good. That was good. That was good. And, like, Moffa looked good in those kind of things. The problem is, is that I don't think their line is that good. Like O line isn't that good. Yeah, it never and, has been. By the way, yeah. Defensively, like they played pretty good in the game, right? Like Riley Leonard didn't have like monster stats or anything. Like he just he got ran the ball really. <laughs> Everyone's really like bad. acting like he threw. He, everyone acted like he had the the Shadur Sanders game. Yeah, it's like he was uh, fine. No, he, it, I mean, it was a big win. He was, he was, For sure. he made some big plays in the moment. I, I yeah. will say that he's a good player. He's a good player. And Duke is, 
Duke is fast. Like they have a lot of, like they got good team speed. Um, And the defense, like, you know, uh, sorry, someone mentioned about their, their defense line. James uh, mentioned about their defensive line, like their defensive line, they got like some dudes on, on their defensive line. Right. Uh, Dwayne Carter, he's, he's a dude. Um, You know, Oban is a dude. Um, So that isn't going to be like an easy game. And Mike Elko is a really, really good coach. Like Mm. he's, He's a very good coach. He's a very knowledgeable guy. And also, too, like, I'm not surprised, like, that he's got, like, the culture of the program is good under him. Yeah. Right? And um, they've done a good job with, like, the roster in terms of just, like, adding pieces here and there of what they can. Because they're not, like, a big portal team either in terms of, like, they can add a bunch. They got to do, like, grad transfers, much like Notre Dame for the most part. So, they're adding just small pieces here and there. They're getting like Ivy League guys to like fill out depth and stuff. And um, they're uh, they're going to be pretty good. Like I don't think they have um, – and like almost everyone came back on offense for them too, even though the offense was just kind of like okay last year. Yeah. Like they, so that's a thing. Like that that is definitely a thing. And um, – I mean, it's certainly like Clemson really shouldn't lose that game, but like Clemson just looks like they have the same kind of problems they they had last year on offense. And frankly, on defense too, like they had busts and stuff and like they just athletically, they look fantastic on defense. Yeah, They got, they got, they got a ton of NFL guys all over, um, but they just, they definitely don't look like a Brent Venables defense. That's for sure. So we talked earlier about, you know, what scares you. And when I watch Clemson play offense, it's zone read or it's bubble. Yeah. That's some kind of screen. Like that's all it is. Like that's all they're doing. Like at some point, it's just, you're going to, you're going to have success a couple of times, but all this in the backfield stuff, they're just going to stuff you. And then what you're behind the sticks and then you're doing something you don't want to do. It just, it's so it to me. It feels like it's so easy to prepare for, not not necessarily easy to play against because they have good players, but this wouldn't work. Like they couldn't play this way at Duke, like because they would just get swallowed up. Like like if if you switch the coaching staffs, Clemson wins by you know <laughs> yeah a ton. Like it's yeah. just four or that's five touchdowns probably. Yeah. So that's the problem. It's just like it's everything is zone read or bubble. It's and it's been that way the whole time. It's just, it's um, just bad. Yeah. And then James mentioned the thing about Cade Klubnik sliding too, which was obviously like a crucial play in the game. And I think that's just like it shows you too. Like he, even though he played a little bit last year, he didn't really play that much, right? Like he came in, he never started a game until the, the bowl game. And frankly, he wasn't good. So, like, there's going to be, like, a learning curve for a guy. And I know he won a ton in um, in, in Texas, right? Like, he mm-hmm. was, like, a very, very good uh, high school quarterback. Many um, people are saying he was – he was his wide receivers made, made it made it happen. I, I you know, okay, I, I've heard one of those guys was pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah. It, someone might even say he was great. Maybe. House. Maybe. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, so – I, I think that it's one of those things where you don't want to give up on a guy because he was bad in like that environment too, but just also realize 
that was the first time he ever had to play in that kind of environment. Yeah. Like where, where he was actual, the starter and had to do all the game. Like look yeah. at the other time that he had, he, when he got stuck in the Notre Dame game and he throws a pick, like, so we'll, we'll see how they improve and what they change. But if they don't change, if that's how the offense looks all year, like, then I guess my, my prediction of Notre Dame beating them by double digits will look pretty good. Cause I, I, I don't know. They did not, they were not impressive. Yeah, so let's let's see how it uh, goes going forward. Um, okay, Kali uh, one two three. Given last night's viewing experience, do you feel like the schedule still has a big three, or is it now more like a big two with two tough road games? Um, well, you know what? Okay, first of all, I think we have to wait to see with Clemson, and I, I don't think that they're because even if we they're have to not, wait to see on Ohio State. Yes, and you can't say that the. Clemson, uh, like you can't say they're not going to get better um, under Riley. It was also game one for Riley. Like there's been plenty of guys like Chip Kelly had a rough, like, you know, people remember his original game one when he's first head coach, like that was a rough game one for him at yeah. Boise. Like, so, you know, that happens and guys end up being great. So we'll, we'll see how they adjust and what, what they do. Um, but I mean, just off of overreacting to one game. That certainly looks like an easier game. It, that is, but they also played on the road, right? It's going to be, yeah. it's going to be a very hostile environment there. Um, you know, so it's, it, you just got to kind of wait and see. And the thing is about like what you said about o- Ohio state, Greg, that was their toughest game before they play um, Notre Dame. So you're not really going to learn that much about them. So it'll be interesting. Like, I mean, um, after the fact too. You know, yeah. we, I mean, because like we won't really know about Ohio State. Like if Notre Dame beats them, you know, we'll feel like that's great. But then what if they drop a, another one and then yeah. they play Michigan? They drop that one, you know, so you just, we just have to wait. I mean, we have to wait and see on Notre Dame. Right. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see this this weekend. You know how that goes. So um, TBD on on that uh, CFB Hertz says, Jamie, you mentioned on power. The timing of our blitzes has greatly improved. Do you attribute that to uh, having a second year? under the same DC or just general development experience, which is funny given one of our questions earlier, by the way. Yeah. I think it's kind of both, you know, I think it's both like we're, um, you know, you're working with golden. So you're more familiar with the system guys play faster. Uh, guys are more comfortable in, in the system. Also, he's probably tailoring stuff more to them now. So that's part of it. But then also like, there was just like this little thing in camp, where it was like it was a kickoff drill, and um, um, Maris Leofal and, and JD Bertrand were off to the side, and they were just like working on. They weren't. They weren't in the drill. They were just you know because all like obviously you know as, as Greg knows like when it's special teams during practice, it's like the line goes and does their thing, and they're doing individual. Maybe when when there's like a kickoff thing. And then yeah. everybody else who's involved in special teams is there. So linebackers, even if you aren't on these teams, you're still over there, right? You're still over there on the sidelines watching, right? Even if you're not in like scout team or you're not in the actual drill. So Bertrand and uh, and Maris Leofo were just like working on just like block destruction, <laughs> like just off to the side. And just like these guys, it was like the middle of camp, 
I mean, most guys are like, yeah, I just like, I just want camp to be over at this point. These guys were just like working extra in the little chances they get during the thing. And I'm like, that's irregular in a good way. Like that, that, that's like, these guys are really like, they care. They want to be good. So I think that's part of it too, right? Is like, you're just working on all these little things of timing stuff up and, and, and getting better at it. And if you care and you, you don't want it to be like last year, you want to be better. You, you know, these guys are also like towards the end of their career. They're trying to, they want to play in the NFL. They want to play at the next level. So they're really working on it. And I think it's, it's showed. Uh, next question from Woj to God. Hey guys, one thing, uh, one thing player on each side of the ball, you'd like to see improvement from this weekend. that hasn't been great. The first two weeks. Um, I think there was like a similar question to this on power and like, I don't even know like what, like, like, I think the the only guy who hasn't really like made at least one big play out of the guys that, that has played a lot is Tobias. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I guess it's just him. You just want to see him make a play and gain confidence, right? Like you just want to see that like, okay, yeah, he caught a ball in this game and he it's a bit like, you want to see, like, think of how big it would be for, like, him, the entire team, the offense, if, like, first play they go back and just hit a bomb. Yeah. Him, right? If there was something like that, that would be um, significant, right? So, like, I think on defense, I think it's just more of just, like, everybody kind of in general, right? Like, where you just want to see stuff like – the guys have done stuff and, and, and done well, but like, Oh, are we going to see like more of the, the corners, like the young corners, right? Mm-hmm. Like Mickey and, and gray. And um, like, I, I want to see them play more, but it's like, man, I mean, or I guess um, Mike said cam Hart, Right. And because it's like cam Hart hasn't like, I he's, he had the one kind of like uh blown assignment in the f- very first uh, series against Navy. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he hasn't really been targeted. So it's like, okay, like you just want to see him get some action, make some plays, just do that. And then he missed obviously the tackle in this game. Right. But like, just, just things like that. You just like, he, he's a perfect guy. You want to see, like, I don't even want to see improvement. I just want to see him get going and like, okay, there you go. Like Cam Hart's like, I mean, we're playing it. We're playing a real team now. Cam Hart made a play. He's like, I'm ready to go. He's like making a statement like he's here. I mean, we think Notre Dame has elite corners, so he's got to play like an elite corner. Yeah. Which isn't to say he hasn't. You know, Navy, to me, is a throwaway. And, you know, this game, he didn't give up anything. You know, he's got some, like, sketchy plays on tape, like, effort-wise. But – I keep going back to like, he doesn't need to be throwing his body around. Like you see him against Clemson, the way he played in that game, the way he's throwing his body around in that game. Like clearly it's in there. I don't yeah. think it's a will thing. I really do think he just, I don't need to be hurting my shoulder against Tennessee state. Just as a matter of fact, I, I don't need to. And so he's a captain. I think he takes that very seriously. And so I think this is a game where it's like, okay, act, let's get activated kind of thing. Um, so that's that. I think CFB Hurts mentioned Mills. I think Riley Mills against the run. 
Uh, that's one I want to see. Um, I, I think the, the Tobias one is absolutely fair. It just, it would give a boost to the whole offense. Yeah. You know, I think they want him to, I think they want it for him as much as, you know, everyone else does. Everybody wants to see, like, that's the thing. It's like, people want to see each other do well. Like, so it's like, right. so Great House had the the great, you know, opening game. That's awesome, right? Think of, he was probably so jacked up seeing Rico Flores make a run after the catch and then, like, break a tackle and all, like, guys get excited about that, right? Like they get excited about like, especially when, cause you can tell um, that um, the team likes each other. Right. Yeah. So that's uh, I, I think that's like um, important. People want to just see that and they will get excited about it. And I think that would lift everybody up. I think you're exactly right. Great. I mean, think of, think of what you like, everyone would say then it's like, Oh boy, like now that's in the bag. And now it's like, okay, we really, we really have something from a team standpoint, like the team's thinking like, we've got it. Like we've got Sam Hartman and we've got the running game and we've got the underneath stuff. And now we've got the, the over the top game. Now we're cooking with gas and let's go. Like, that's how I think the team would see it. Um, and like, the thing is like, you know, so everyone likes each other. You look at Tobias, he's blocking his butt off. Like truly like late in the game. Like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, what do I look for? Like, that's what I look for. Like, body language stuff. He's not getting a ton of work. He's running a lot of routes, you know, and, and like, I don't want to go too far into it, but it's like, I watch all of them. And I just noticed, like, he's gotten unlucky. Like, when he is the primary, it's like they, they've hit that crossing route a number of times to a couple of players. They ran it to him a couple of times, and, and Tennessee State's sitting in zone, and they're just, they're just waiting for him. Not him specifically, but that route, right? Like they're just sitting there. They're, they're not going to throw it because he, it's zone. And so he has to sit down and the ball goes to somebody else. Um, I talked about the Navy game, how he had a ton of opportunities. Other people miss blocks. Every time there's been a touchdown and he's on the field, he's running over to his teammate and hyping his teammate. Like that kind of stuff matters. That's why I think man, the, the players, they would be happy for him. Like they want to see it happen. So um, that's one thing that I think is uh, is I want to see. Um, Irish one, I believe this is our last question. Uh, who is the best defense we will play this year? Ohio State. I'm trying, I'm tying this into our new DC and what we'll be faced with this year uh, as he plays football chess versus the opposing DC. Who would cause him the most problems? Well, I think this is going to be a tough game. Like this is, um, this is going to be one of the better defenses they play. NC yeah. State. Um, you know, I the, Ohio State is by far. Like though it, it would be in a landslide, just in terms of talent. It's year two under Jim Knowles. Um, they were a top fifteen defense last year, um, you know, and I think that they have the chance to be even better. And I mean, the one thing about to that Indiana game, yeah, their offense wasn't clicking, but the defense didn't give up anything, right? So mm-hmm. um, they got they just got a ton of talent just at all three levels there. Um, so that's going to be tough. Like, I think that, I think that's going to be a low scoring game. Um, and, uh, that I, I would say like them, I mean, Clemson is probably the second most talented team that they play, but I mean, I would put Ohio States clearly above Clemson. Yeah. Uh, agree. Agree. Um, no notes, right. I think that's, uh, I think that's a, that's a fair take. Um, all right, Jamie, that, that'll do it for today. 
Good round of questions, everybody. Good job by you. Got some good ones. Got us into some long discussions about things. So that's how you know the questions are really good. So uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. One more time, if this is your first time catch, uh, catching the show, please hit the like button. Please hit subscribe. Please hit the notification bell. We'll be back on Thursday talking about NC State specifically and what we expect from them and um, previewing that game So uh, and anything else that comes up. So thank you, everybody. Have a good rest of your Tuesday, and we will talk to you on Thursday.